are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the reading of the September edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. We are first going to start with breaking news from the Crestone Eagle website. Adam State ensures free business resource stays in the valley. When the Small Business Development Center, SBDC, in Alamosa recently lost its organizational sponsor, Adams State University offered itself as a replacement, ensuring that a key initiative designed to support small businesses remains in the San Luis Valley. The Small Business Development Center program, SBDC, is an initiative of the Small Business Administration. SBDCs provide counseling and training to small businesses with the purpose of supporting business startups and existing business expansion. Without a host in Alamosa, the SBDC's functions would have been absorbed by an SBDC in a different part of the state. Losing the SBDC here would have been a huge loss, said Liz Thomas Hensley, professor of business and chair of the Adams State School of Business. It'd be another program that covers the valley, but is located somewhere else. It wouldn't have been the same, she said. SBDC and the School of Business are a natural fit. The San Luis Valley's economy would suffer without small businesses, said Hensley. Hosting the SBDC is one way that Adams State recognizes its role in supporting the region, not only by educating students, but also by providing support to the business community. Small businesses are the economic foundation of our country, yet small business owners and entrepreneurs rarely have the funding or the resources they need, said Hensley. What's nice about housing the SBDC here is the idea that we are all working together as a community. Besides, Hensley points out, Adams State has always had a close connection with the SBDC. Through the SBDC, students have completed internships and gained access to business leaders during classroom discussions. Now the potential is even greater for collaboration and cooperation among community, students, and alumni. Now returning to the September edition of the Crestone Eagle, this article by Teresa Dunwell and May Green. A tradition since 2005, Crestone artists invite you to their creative spaces. Crestone Artists' 11th Annual Open Studio Tour invites you to share in a kaleidoscope of multimedia creations. Artists will exhibit their work and converse about their artistic process, their techniques, and imaginative insights. Some artists may present a demonstration of their work. Artist Studios will be open Saturday and Sunday, October 7th and 8th, from noon to 5 p.m., on Friday, October 6th from 5 to 8 p.m., Crestone Tour artists will hold a preview reception at Art Gallery 222, located at 222 Birch Avenue on the curve coming into Crestone. The preview art will be on display from September 21st through October 13th at Art Gallery 222. Full-color catalogs with tour maps are available at businesses and other locations throughout the region or at crestoneartists.com. This year, there are 17 artists at 13 locations to visit. Enjoy your time with each artist and experience their talents. As numbered in the catalog, they are 1. 
Joni Franks, award-winning author and illustrator of 12 published children's books, delighting readers with inspirational stories. Two, Noemi Kosmowski, who meditatively paints spiritual subjects, portraits of inspiring people and nature. Three, Christoph Kosmowski, a pseudo-realist, using a palette knife to depict mountains and landscapes in vibrancy. Four, Blue Starseed, expressing and entertaining truth and the cosmic in visionary experiences in her figurative paintings. Five, Karen Kenny, showing detailed fiber art and collages that share messages and tell stories through color, patterns, and textures. Six, Alison Wonderland, featuring sculptures, drawings, and one-of-a-kind mementos that explore the blessings of being part of nature and human. Seven, Stephen Futrell-ish, bringing his timeless wealth of experiences to encaustics, prints, acrylics, and playful mixed media. Eight, Noah Bain, whose paintings dance with movement, color, and shape as dreams and visions take form. Nine, Alan Sutherland, touching nature and flow through sculpture carved with love in pinyon, cedar, aspen, and other woods. Ten, Teresa Dunwell, painting a vision of the inner world as light, dark, and luminous color using a language of light in veiled oil and acrylic. Eleven, May Green, creatively expressing flashes of insight and healing in pastel, collage, oils, and watercolor. Twelve, Josefina Gord, inspired by mythology and drawing from numerous cultures, designing art to wear in silk, velvets, and linens. 13. Amy Jo Arndt, creating mixed-media art to inspire the heart and soul, exploring grief and the freedom to be. 14. Susan Raycroft, with joyful interpretations expressing her love for nature in acrylic, silk, and sculpture. 15. Leah Nicole, with over 30 years of experience in traditional Chinese painting and Western watercolor, delights with her flowing brush and paintings. 16. Shirley Motts, showing meditatively inspired art expressions in color and texture in acrylics and collage. And 17. Rose Burick, showing soulful sound creations from repurposed metal objects transformed into musical wind art. An open studio tour has been a Crestone tradition since 2005. This yearly opportunity is not to be missed. Come join us, have a snack, share in the fun of creatively engaging, and experience the love and passion that these artists bring in making the ordinary extraordinary. And we have some more event news. Poets gather for 6th Crestone Poetry Festival. The 6th Crestone Poetry Festival, also known as Poem Fest, is nearly upon us, beginning the evening of Thursday, October 12th, and running through Sunday morning, October 15th, poets from across the Southwest will bring their talents to town, offering readings, performances, and workshops. After two years of a virtual poem fest, poets from all over the region are eager for another in-person rendezvous in Crestone. Weekend passes will be available soon at poemfest.com, as will information on featured poets, programs, and admissions. For some events, tickets will be available at the door. PoemFest offers poetry for the people, not just other poets and literary enthusiasts. This year's lineup will include some dynamic performing poets, as always. 
On Thursday evening, Poem Fest will kick off with local poets, including students from Crestone Charter School in Moffat, and a featured performance poet to be announced soon. Throughout the festival, a wide, a wide range of readings, open mics, workshops, and celebrations will take place on the Colorado College Baca campus and at various other venues around Crestone. Sunday morning, Poem Fest concludes with a jazz brunch, a book signing, and a poetry circle led by our old friend Art Goodtimes. For more information on the festival, go to the website poemfest.com. And now turning to some commentary written by Nancy Tilos with this editor's note, a new series on navigating social media and its effects on people and communities. Social media, at what cost? Following upon last month's column on postings, reposting, and emotional contagion in social media, there are two other ways negative emotional contagion spreads that are deliberate and malicious. Reposts multiple multiply very rapidly when chatbots create thousands of false online identities, each one reposting misleading information. The seeming person posting is not a person, and the post is false also. Chatbot postings and repostings have been successfully used by Russia, for example, to destabilize the social fabric of our and other countries. Election manipulation is the least of it. Abuse of social media is considered a new form of war, and the goal is to destabilize the population of countries to create division and discord, damaging civil society from within. Our self-created and perpetuated emotional contagion can still be a force for good, building healthy relationships, community, and governments, constructive criticism, problem-solving, or Emotional contagion may devolve into destabilizing, discrediting, or attacking ideas, policies, agencies, and people. It is then our responsibility to learn more about how social media works and learn to detect faults from true. She quotes from Singer, P.W., and Brookings, E.T., Like War, The Reaponization of Social Media, 2018. How do chatbots know whom to target? The very companies being misused by the chatbots harvest and sell endless amounts of personal information we provide them, and social media companies use algorithms to box in what people are exposed to, having the effect of endlessly reinforcing their beliefs, attitudes, and choices. It is possible to interrupt this boxing effect through setting data to be cleared when you close your browser, or using search engines, DuckDuckGo, Brave, or TOR, and using news services like Ground News. Much research is being done on how to become skillful at detecting misinformation and emotional manipulation. The Social Science Research Council's Mercury Project started testing methods to help people recognize misinformation, inoculation, and to help them after they have been exposed to misinformation, debunking. They have had Thousands of people watch short animated fun videos on YouTube to educate viewers how to spot in misinformation techniques like deliberate incoherence and scapegoating. Deliberate incoherence is using words in invented ways, and scapegoating is to blame others, usually for what you are doing. Scapegoating can be of individuals, though here it refers to groups targeted by skin color, country of origin, religion, etc. 
To date, over 22,000 viewers scored significantly better at recognizing manipulation techniques, discerning trustworthy content from untrustworthy, and sharing material with greater discrimination. These results were true for those of all political stripes, education levels, and personality types. Google has put the videos to use already in Eastern Europe to offset misinformation about Ukrainian refugees. For kids, the Science Learning Research Group at the University of Maryland and others have created a program, the Model Evidence Link ME, to help students critically evaluate alternative explanations of presented information. Teams in different cities are using a computer screen displaying different points of view and other windows probing the credibility of each point of view. This learning to probe the credibility of different points of view to seek different points of view in the first place is what makes democracy thrive. And now turning to a column written by John Rowe, Owner Builder Conversations, Where Are They Now? I wrote a series of articles about five years ago about people somewhere in the process of building their own homes in the Baca. The Crestone area has had a long history of folks homesteading here, building primarily experimental and environmentally friendly houses. These include homes made of straw bale, cob, mud and straw, adobe block, earth ships, tires, rammed earth and glass, repurposed grain silos, and other materials. Pete Van Horn is one of those who came here with little building experience and a modest amount of money and who has successfully built his own place. I thought it would be of interest to check on him to see how life has been in these last five years and to find out just how the building experience has contributed to who he is. Eagle, so how do you like your Earthship home? Pete, I love my house. It is small but roomy, warm in the winter and cool in the summer. I would, however, do a few things differently. I would use better windows, mine were all used, and put in some better floor insulation. I have since discovered that folks who insulate floors well have houses that are much easier to heat. Eagle, what else about the building process would you like to pass on to others? Pete, find out all you can about the kind of house you are going to build from YouTube, books, and other builders. Make friends with all the other owner-builders. We are a close-knit community, and we help each other out all the time. Between all of us, there is a wealth of knowledge that can come in handy in all phases of construction. Matt Evers and I have put together a YouTube website, OwnerBuildersUnite slash YouTube, to provide an, another source for do-it-yourselfers. We post videos there frequently and get hundreds of hits on each one. The emotional and social support from others is valuable as well. The building experience can be overwhelming, and we help each other to hang in with it for years if needed. Eagle, did you find yourself overwhelmed at times? Pete, it almost seemed like too much from time to time, but I learned to stay focused on the task at hand and just do the next right thing. I also developed a lot of patience. My house took about three years to build. Eagle, what surprised you about the building process? Pete, despite all my planning, everything cost twice as much as I thought and took twice as long as I thought. Eagle, how has building your own home changed you? Pete, I am more secure and anchored as a person and I have a deeper sense of self-confidence in all areas of my life. 
There are a lot more things in life that I think I can do. I see life more along the lines of a glass being half full, not half empty. Eagle. Crestone has become much more gentrified in the last 10 or 15 years. Has this affected your building? Pete. I wasn't here 10 or 15 years ago, but I am told that gentrification has caused pressure to be put on builders to finish more quickly and to keep the construction sites less cluttered with equipment and building materials. But I have to say that the fines are very minimal to have to get two or three six months extensions to the year and a half allowed by Baca Grand Property Owners Association covenants. And gentrification has made it much easier for those of us who make our living in construction. There are always houses being built and home improvement going on among those who can afford skilled labor. Eagle. Any last thoughts? Pete. The friends and community I found here are like nothing I have ever experienced before. I truly feel like Crestone is a special place and I look forward to continuing to make a good life here. And now turning to some youth news. Youth Club serves youth with innovative programming for 18th year. This was written by Daniel Hart. Within the walls of an unassuming former Masonic Lodge in Center, Colorado, the sounds of Masonic ritual have faded and been replaced with sounds of a different sort. These sounds involve laughter, games being played, intent concentration, discussion, instruction, and the sounds of myriad of other activities at the Center Viking Youth Club, CVYC. For the past 18 years, CVYC has worked to provide local youth with academic, recreational, and social opportunities that encourage them to flourish and reach their full potential. With summer programming concluded, CVYC is now busy providing school year programming to, to local youth. Activities and events for elementary through high school students are adeptly run by longtime locals who know and appreciate the center community, its culture, assets, and challenges. Carmen Pavlovsky is CVYC's coordinator and leads staff and volunteers in a wide variety of activities from 4 to 7 p.m. Monday through Thursday and all day Friday. A typical after-school day for elementary kids consists of walking from school to CVYC, snack time, help with schoolwork, and then an engaging activity to get the brain and body working. After these set daily activities are completed, youth participate in a themed activity specific to the weekday for the rest of the day. Last semester's lineup included a dynamic range of themes. Mondays were social-emotional learning and learning healthy eating. Tuesdays were art projects. Wednesdays were STEM, science, technology, engineering, math projects. And Thursdays were bike and skateboarding club at the school parking lot or city park. Fridays are always reserved for field trips. CVYC's adaptable and dynamic structure guides this year's programming, which will play to the strengths of the staff. Carmen noted, the great thing about our programming is that, we de is that depending on the skill set of who we have hired, we can use their interests and strengths. Last semester, we had someone who taught piano lessons and would work with kids in one-on-one -on -one lessons. We also had a lot of baseball because we had someone on staff who liked baseball. Sometimes we might have gymnastics or cheerleading or something else completely. Programming for middle and high school youth works a little bit differently. Middle and high school events aren't as frequent. We get a decent amount of middle school students, but they're mostly coming between sports, so it fluctuates with sports seasons, said Pavlovsky. 
As for the high school students, CVYC designated the Blue Loft, a storefront in downtown center donated by the town for their events and gatherings. Unlike the club that is open every day after school and all day on Fridays, the Blue Loft is event-based. Pavlovsky described the space by saying they, the older students, have their Wednesday meetings in there and they've had a movie night and a couple of game tournaments. They also have been to a Colorado Rockies baseball game and gone skiing and snowboarding, which was just offered to middle and high school. So if their schedule allows, they can participate in any of these activities. High school students are also involved in a mentoring program. After being mentored by staff, the same students help run the club and mentor younger students. CVYC has filled a vital need in center since its inception in 2005. Formed in response to county data and school surveys that detailed a need for more engagement among local youth, the club was first started as an after-school program under the Center Consolidated School District. The club became its own 501c3 entity by 2014 and was named the Boys and Girls Club of SLV Center. Two years later, the club adopted its current name, Center Viking Youth Group. Uh, sorry, Center Viking Youth Club. Center's old Masonic Lodge building, owned by the school district, was donated to the club and opened in 2016. Acquiring the building enabled CVYC to offer full summer programming for the first time. After Center switched to a four-day school week, Friday programming was also added. The Blue Loft and the old Masonic Lodge building are the heart and soul of CVYC. CVYC is not content to rest on their achievements. The Blue Loft space will soon transition into a work-based learning location where a new full-time staff member will act as facilitator for students who will use that space to run and manage businesses with the intent to make profit. There are also plans to hire an assistant coordinator and another facilitator for the main club. If things go as hoped, the club could have a new home in a proposed town recreation center. Exciting things are in store for this forward-looking organization and all those it serves. For more, for more information, visit the website www.centervikingyouthclub.com. And now turning to regional happenings written by Leighton. Saturday, September 30th, starting at noon, the final community free meal of the year will be held at Little Shepherd Church. The meal theme is Fall Harvest, and everyone is encouraged to bring extra abundance from their gardens to share with the community. Alternative diet options will be available, and we encourage people to bring their favorite fall dishes to share. Volunteers are needed Friday night for meal prep and Saturday morning starting at 9 a.m. to help with cooking, setup, and cleanup at the event. Please contact Leighton Burt via Facebook or email to get involved. The email is Leighton, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N, at mountainsiderealty.com. Also Saturday, September 30th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Crestone Energy Fair Ongoing Education Series brings Solar 101. This class will cover all of the foundations of solar applications in a home. Local builders and experts will share their knowledge of how to best design a home with the natural power of the sun in mind. Topics will include how to design and service a photovoltaic system with the basics of solar panels, batteries, inverters, and charge controllers. Lunch is provided. With the purchase of this class, 
You will receive half off of a, of a consultation with any of the teachers and go home with a packet of all of the information covered. The price is $200. Space is limited and there are scholarship options available. Contact Goldie to register 303-903-0969. And some additional events, free food Friday on Friday, food assistance at the Baca Library from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Also Friday from Hadakanda Universal Ashram, full moon fire ceremony Friday at beginning at 10 a.m. and it will be followed by chanting and a meal. And Saturday, September 30th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Join the community for a harvest celebration and feast at Casita Park. Chances are good and the audience will be performing and there will be vendors, pumpkin painting, and a silent auction. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303 786 7777.